0: Welcome to the Daily Thunder podcast. I'm your host Ryan Woods. I'm here with Daily
1: Thunder beat writer Brandon Rabar. Brandon, how are you? I'm doing great, kind of. I don't know if I'm pumped or bummed about that game that just happened. We'll work through our feelings and I'll by the end of this podcast I'll give you a clear I'm happy or I'm sad about this win tonight.
0: It's going to be something we've got to work out over the next few minutes and probably over the next few weeks because this is going to be something we're going to have to get used to as Thunder fans is, are we pumped about a Shea game winner or are we thinking about the fact that teams are starting to stack losses and we have picked off an early win? I have to say late in the game when the Hornets started hitting threes and making it a game really close in the last minute, I found myself getting a little excited. All of that seemed to be uh, going well, and the game was tied. And then Shea, with his best Chris Paul impression, a gorgeous pull-up uh, to take the lead with about with less than two seconds left. Evaluate that play in a vacuum. What were your thoughts on Shea?
1: I mean, I thought Shea in his first game as the lead guy for this Thunder team. Played great. I mean, yeah, he made some mistakes down the stretch. He turned the ball over a few times. He missed some free throws. And he mentioned that himself in the post game that he almost gave the game away. But when you look at his numbers 24, 9, and 7, and he was a plus 14, and he hit the game winner. <laughs> I mean, that's a great game. I don't, I don't care the total number of shots, whatever turnovers. In totality, that's a great debut game. And to be able to forget about those mistakes there at the end and it's a tie ball game and he hits that shot with just over a second left to win the game that's huge. And that's why I'm ultimately am I believe for the moment happy with this win, because this is huge for Shea. And if it's Mm -hmm. huge for Shea moving forward it's huge for the Thunder moving forward. This will pay dividends not this year, but maybe a couple years from now, three years from now, that confidence. It's just something that he puts in there and the mental confidence, knowing he can do it and us knowing that he can do it. Ultimately, it's one game. The Thunder can still go one in 71 and get Kate Cunningham next season.
0: (laughs) I'm honestly hoping that on July whatever, whatever night the draft is, that we're not sitting around thinking we just needed one more loss. If that's not the case, then we're gonna be able to look back on this night uh, with a big smile instead of a lot of mixed feelings. Let's move on to a couple of the other young guys that I thought had some some bright moments and some uh, not so bright moments. How about what you saw from Darius Baisley?
1: Darius Baisley overall played really well. He had 15 and 10, a double-double. He just came out shooting. Like He was emptying the clip right away. He was getting those shots off, but I like it. I like the aggressiveness. To me, he's the second most important member of this Thunder Young core. Poku Mm -hmm. may end up taking that position, but, of course, right now, as it is, to me, Baisley has a higher ceiling than Dort and Maladon, and I don't know about Poku yet, but I thought he played solid defense. He was good on the boards. I thought Baisley looked good overall, both sides of the floor, what was basically a secondary role on this team.
0: Mm -hmm. It was clear tonight he's going to be looked to for more scoring than I think we even expected out of him. He was put in some spots where I was like, this is new, and we're going to see what happens. His, like, one dribble into, like, an 18-footer seems so natural and so different. I wrote down in my notes, he just looks like a different player altogether. He's so aggressive as a rebounder. And I think that's going to be something that sustains his minutes no matter what the offense is doing. He's going to be able to be effective as a rebounder, um, creating second shots. And then on the defensive end, I think what's most exciting about Baisley is his ability to grab a rebound and take off on the fast break with, with as many shooters as he's going to be playing with as long as George Hill is on the team. And we'll talk about that in a minute. But as many shooters as he'll be running the floor with, I'm excited to see him see him push after rebounds Uh, what did you see from uh, from Dort tonight he had a an interesting night of course we saw the effort that we're accustomed to seeing from Dort sometimes that leads to some uh, some interesting plays but a lot of it sometimes it leads to some really positive stuff from him as well And, and we saw some really really nice stuff going to the basket tonight and some kickouts
1: Sometimes you might get a little frustrated because Dort just always kind of gets a little tunnel vision and goes to the hole no matter what, even if there's two or three defenders down there clogging the lane. But you love to see the aggressiveness. You love to see the confidence. And then there's nights like tonight. I mean, he does get to the rim pretty well. He's not a great finisher by any means, but as as a rookie, he was a solid finisher, and and that's kind of carried over. I think that he overall played really well. He had 12 shots, only hit five of them, but four of those were threes. He was one for four from three. He scored 15 points, though, on 12 shots. And when he's as great a defender as he is, if his defense continues to be as great as it was last year and continues the trajectory of getting better, you'll take 15 points on 12 shots every single night from Lou Dort. Yeah. Another player
0: that seems to have it figured out as far as shooting goes is Mike Muscala. Where, was this, where were all of these three-point attempts for Mike Muscala last year?
1: Remember when we were doing our podcast dispatches during the playoffs in the bubble and we talked about how Mike Muscala could be a weapon against the Houston Rockets because they played small ball. And, hey, we've got guys like Gallinari and Muscala and Baisley who can play the five against the small ball Rockets and make them pay by hitting threes. And yet, for some reason, Billy Donovan never played him in the playoffs and he could have been the perfect weapon against the Rockets because he was on fire the entire bubble. He cost the Thunder a first-round draft pick by hitting that three-point game winner against the Heat. I mean – Mocala has proven he's he's a great three point shooter and and i i feel like he should have got minutes in the playoffs last season and and you see it every time he plays i mean the guy's like a thirty eight percent three point shooter for his career this isn't any surprise uh I think that contenders should line up playoff teams should line up he's a he's a stretch five coming off the bench he could help a lot of teams
0: yeah one hundred percent he's He's such a spark plug off the bench. And it's such a funny thing to say about a backup big being a spark plug, a spark plug off the bench. But he really is. He is such a dead eye shooter. And he it, it doesn't seem like it's going to take very long for him to develop that kind of pick and pop chemistry with any point guard. He, it's such a natural movement. His footwork is so good. And he's really fast.
1: He was the only bench player with a positive plus minus, which is mm. impressive because he played mostly with other bench players. Mm. And
0: and let's get to that bench unit. If this Thunder team is going to improve its pick as much as it can, it will be in large part due to this this bench unit. The first unit we saw, the well the the first bench unit we saw, I should say, was Maladon, Diallo, Poku, Muscala, and who am I missing? Was it was, did Ken they Rich, run Ken with Kenrich Williams? Kenrich Williams. Kenrich Williams. So. This unit is the one that I think is going to be the unit to, to kind of give away a lead or let a, let a deficit grow to a point where the starters can't, can't overcome it. But tonight in the third quarter, they held their own. The energy was there. Uh, the ball movement was there. I think Horford might have been out there with them for a few of those minutes. And that lead, not, on, not only did they shrink the deficit, they took the lead. And it was a lead that the, the starters came in and, and grew. What do you think we're going to see out of, that, uh, out of that second unit? And do you think we'll see more of it
1: when we're needing to, to maybe take an L or, or two every, every once in a while? I kind of predicted going into the season that the starters would be competitive because there's a lot of talent and a lot of two-way players on the starting unit. And then the bench unit, I predicted that, you know, they'd be up and down and they'd probably be the ones that would lose games for the Thunder ultimately because of the lack of experience with Poku and Maladone being rookies. And then Kenrich Williams is kind of. A typical bench guy. Not really an efficient scorer, but high-effort guy. Moscala to me, is the one really positive player. And then Diallo, you know, he likes to take a lot of shots. He'll get some second chance shots. He he rebounds his own miss so often. If he, he shot really as does. well with his first shot as he did his second shot, he'd be one of the most efficient players in the league. The The bench is going to be up and down because Poku's going to hit shots some nights. Maladon's mm-hmm. going to hit more shots than this most nights. Uh, but then they're going to play – better competition than the Hornets' most nights. I think the bench is going to just be up and down all year. This bench unit was rough in the first half, and then, like you said, held their own in the second half, and I just expect it to be inconsistent all season long. We've
0: got a question here from Josh Ferris, and and all season long, send those questions in during games, after games, before games, whenever you want, to uh, at RyanWins underscore or to at Brandon Rabar. Uh, we've got a question here from Josh Ferris. How much longer do the fans have to watch Diallo? He is not getting any better, and he just takes time away from another player that could help us down the road. I want to take my take the first stab at this. I think Diallo is in there for that exact reason. He's not getting any better, and he's gonna, he's going to be the guy that helps you uh, that helps you improve that pick, helps you lose games. And I think they're going to kick the tires on Diallo as long as they possibly can before they have to make a a long-term decision on him. And I I think if when you have, like you're saying, that first unit is going to be competitive with just about anybody. Aside from that, maybe top-tier those top-tier teams, this first unit is going to play with just about anybody. It's going to be that second unit, and Diallo is a big part of that second unit that's going to help you stay towards the bottom of the Western Conference. So. I would say that is why we're seeing so much Diallo and just because they are going to, they are going to try and milk everything they can out of Diallo and see if he can develop into something they like for the future.
1: Yeah. They picked up his option this season, which made sense because he was still young enough and he's shown just enough, just enough mm. to on a team that's, you know, rebuilding, tanking, whatever you want to call it, to give him some minutes and just see, what he can do this season, because why not? Why not give him bench minutes this season? He's obviously really athletic. He can get to the rim. So see if his shot develops at all. See if he develops any sort of consistency, because if not, after the season, you can cut him loose. But if I were to guess, Josh, I don't think Diallo will be with this team after this season. He showed more than like Deontay Burton and Terrence Ferguson, but not enough to stick around for the rebuild.
0: Um, we got a question from uh, Joseph Peralta. He's asking about Frank Jackson. Oklahoma City waived Frank Jackson, and what well, was a bit of a surprising move. What do you think about Oklahoma City waiving him, and when they did it, and especially with what we saw out of him in the uh, in the preseason, it seemed like he was going to be one of the mainstays on this second unit. What do you What do you think about that?
1: I think it's one of those deals where I understand that they kept bigger contracts because of possible trades down the road. You want a little bit bigger contracts that you can throw in as salary fillers. So I get it from that standpoint. But I was shocked, honestly, because to me, I'd rather keep him than an Isaiah Roby, than a Justin Jackson, to me than a Diallo, because he's still only 22 years old. And he looks like he can shoot, handle, play some defense. He looks pretty seasoned for being 22 years old. And To me, the upside was still high enough and the potential was still high enough. I actually thought, Outside of the returning young core of Shea, Baisley and Dord, and then the rookies, Poku and Maladon, he was the next best young piece, the mm-hmm. best possible one to stick around. But then what do I know? I- again, you know, Presty's ball brain is bigger than my ball brain. So <laughs> I'll defer to him, but I was surprised. I'll say yeah. that. Uh, yeah. I get it also from the, the, cr- the roster crunch. A lot of guards, not a lot of bigs. So maybe that's why you choose a Roby or a Justin Jackson, if all things or equal age-wise and contract-wise, but I don't know. I'd rather have Frank, to be honest.
0: Frank and and, and Teo really had something going in the preseason, and I thought that was going to be honestly what the second unit revolved around was those two guys uh, feeding off one another on the perimeter. But on we go. I want to hear your thoughts on what may have stood out to you in post-game interviews. You can honestly take it any direction you want to go.
1: What stood out to me was Baisley and Shea, how much they sound like a Chris Paul, the influence I'll say that because when Shea was asked about his game winner, it was just so matter of fact, it was, you know, I almost gave the game away talking about his negative points. As far as the game winner, that's something I practice. He just read and react the defender and he shot it and it went in no big deal to me. That sounds like a Chris Paul answer. And then Darius Baisley, he was asked about his defense because coach Dagnall praised his defense. And he said, honestly, I didn't think I played too hot on defense. I'm glad coach thought I did <laughs> but I hold myself to a high standard. And uh, I don't think I played up to those standards again, to me, it's like, that influence of those vets from last year, Paul Gallinari, Adams, where they're, you know, they're young guys and they could, you know, we've seen a lot of young athletes give themselves props or, you know, kind of take, but these guys, they just don't do it. They have that attitude of, I could have played better. I messed up. Yeah, I did well, but whatever. Moving on. It feels feels like, also
0: some influence from Horford and Hill. Th- these guys seem to be stepping into those roles. And, yep. and it's good to see because these, these guys, they're not done developing. And they're still going to need uh, some vets there along the way to, to pick them up and to show them the way. I, I thought George Hill and, and Shea had some really cool on-court exchanges. Uh, you know, even after forcing timeouts, uh, Hill is always headed over to Shea to give him either encouragement or, or something to look for. And, and I, love, I love the role that Horford and Hill are, are playing, not, not just on the court, but off the floor for these guys. I guess it's, it's tough because the, they do play such a key role for these young guys, but surely teams have got to be looking at Horford and Hill as guys they can add uh, via trade. Do you think we might see any of that for the deadline this year, or are we waiting you know, a, a full season before we get into those talks?
1: I think George Hill will be gone by the deadline, if not sooner. He's he's too good a player. The Bucks had the best record in the league last year, and George Hill was a major part of that rotation. He was yeah. the number one three point shooter in the league last season.
0: And he's showing it. He's showing it
1: again. Like the guy is dead eye. Yes, and he's a great leader in the locker room. He's great off the court. There's and his contract isn't too bad. It's not bad at all. It's making like I think nine point five million. He's he's kind of a bargain. Mm -hmm. contenders and playoff teams should be lining up for George Hill services. There should be a bidding war. I think he should go for a first round draft pick. I really do take on a bad contract and get a first round draft pick for him. so I think that he'll be gone by the deadline. Now, Horford's a little bit different just because his salary is so big. I think that he's still a very good player. And I think a lot of teams would want him. And I could see a team with a bad contract that wanting to go all in this season trading for him, or I could see it being kind of a Chris Paul special and the Thunder recoup his value all year, get his stats up, and then recoup yeah. him and trade him next offseason.
0: Yeah. I wanted to get to another interesting question. Uh, this is from at3 underscore cone. What's the difference you notice this game between Dagnalt and Billy D? That's um, an interesting question because, obviously, it's just a single game and it's a totally different roster. But what have you seen anything that sticks out to you that – I mean, the, one was the uh, – apprentice to the other, so it doesn't feel like we're going to see a, a whole lot of change, and I don't think that he was hired to
1: overhaul things, but what did you see from Mark that you might not have seen from Billy? Well, Shea was asked about that specifically in postgame, and he said he honestly couldn't tell any difference, and he said that's a credit to Coach Mark because... That was a compliment to him that it was such a smooth transition. And even the players themselves can't really tell the difference. And honestly, I couldn't really tell that big a difference. I think that Billy liked to switch up his rotations more than Scotty Brooks did. And I think we saw that with Dagnall. You saw a lot of the starters playing with benches. It wasn't so much a rigid starter versus bench mentality. He yeah. had kind of that mix. And then, yeah. you know, he's playing young guys. And then, you know, I thought Billy was pretty solid and. As far as uh, plays out of timeouts and, and and so far it's looked like Dagnault's been pretty solid. Obviously, Shea hit the game winner that was drawn up, you know, a lot of that's on Shea, but Dagnault still had to come up with it. You know, the only difference so far is Coach Dagnault has a much better winning percentage. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: loved I loved Baisley's quote after the game that when he saw the play drawn up, he knew. Shea was gonna catch that that shot. I I think that's such a cool glimpse into into camaraderie, into chemistry, into what the Thunder have built, especially with those two at the at the forefront. I think it's really neat uh for those two to be bonding the way they are, to be jailing on the floor the way that they are. I think it's uh it's pretty special.
1: You know, we all felt like Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook were best friends for for a long time. We thought that and we wanted to believe it, and it was cool, but Truly, Shea and Baisley seem to have a true connection. The way they talk about each other, Mm -hmm. spend time with each other off the court, and that Mm -hmm. camaraderie has definitely carried over to the court now. And those are the two right now best and biggest building blocks moving forward for this Thunder team. And so it's cool to see your two possible best players, you know, take away Horford and Hill because they're not around for the long haul. And seeing them being BFFs on and off the court is, is a pretty cool thing.
0: 100 percent there's there's something to be said for team chemistry and I think the 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 final record of this team at the end of the year whatever whatever good whatever bad um, their chemistry and their and their enjoyment of one another I think will have a lot to do with the wins that they put up a couple more questions before we get out of here at shade day 23 wants to know about Trevor Ariza
1: He's not going to play a single minute with this Thunder team. He's pulling, I, I, he's, I totally agree. He's pulling the Andre Iguodala move until he goes to a contender or a team that he wants to go to. He's not going to play. The The difference is the Thunder is so tight-lipped and classy, they're not going to let it get out. They don't want yeah. any of their players, even if it's a player that doesn't want to be there, they don't want that negative you know press about one of their players. To me, I, I give props to the Thunder organization for that, for keeping it – in-house, but that's, reading between the lines, that's absolutely what's happening. So as soon as Presty finds a team that's willing to give up something for him that's a positive asset, and that could even be a second rounder, Ariza will be gone. Maybe he's holding out for a first rounder because is a solid player, offensively yeah. and defensively, that can help a team. And he's on an expiring contract. So this is a guy that can that can help teams. And Preston won't just give him away. But as soon as he gets a positive asset, I think he's gone. Well,
0: Oklahoma City gets a semi-surprising win over the Charlotte Hornets tonight. We are back at it Monday where the Jazz return to Chesapeake Energy Arena. And we are going to try and play a basketball game that night, barring any complications. And we will be back right after that game for another post-game reaction. Thanks for joining the Daily Thunder podcast, and we will talk to
1: you soon. Cheers.